You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons & Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. <laughs> that was a delay. Uh, yeah, I was like, she, uh, listening, all right, everything sounds good. Oh, that's me. <laughs> she forgot her name. Uh, maybe. <laughs> she was trying a dramatic pause. Taylor Stanfield. Oh. Mm. So, uh, Okay. Okay. Mm, okay. So we all, I say we all know. Uh, last time I talked about gem dragons. Yes, um, that is correct. That is correct. I did do that. And I said in that episode that the next episode was probably going to be about Sardior, the gem dragon god, mm-hmm. and his buddies. Yes, you did say that. I recall. Um, yep, I, I recall this name. So <laughs> he... The, the the problem is, is uh, I thought there was more there. There was not more there? There was not more there. I feel like this is the opposite problem that we have most of the time, to where you think that something is a manageable amount of information, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot more than you think. Well, this is the opposite. I thought there was a whole episode's worth of information on Sardior. And there wasn't. And then there wasn't. I so, have been there before. I do understand that. Sometimes it do be that way. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a hard pivot into... No, we're not. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, no hard pivot? No, no hard pivot into something else completely random. Uh, so we're going to talk about Sardior. Right. And we're also going to talk about some other... Not, not tangential, but some other things that are basically relating to the zone of dragons and psionics. Okay. Together. I was hoping you were going to say truth. Uh, The zone of truth. Well. But I'm okay with the zone of psionics, too. I mean, if... I mean, if you consider the statement of facts to be truth, then this will be a zone of truth, because I will be doing nothing but spitting facts. I mean, that is... Spitting mad facts. Mad facts. facts No print, only facts. Truth, so... Sure. Um, so, well, okay. To, to give everyone an idea of what this hodgepodge is going to be, the name of my notes here is Sardior and Extended Draconian Psionics. So that's what this episode <laughs> is. That sounds like the title of somebody's like thesis statement. In fantasy college, I yes. know. That, yeah, that's exactly it. It's a fantasy college thesis statement, and that's frightening. Well, I think the thing is with theses, theses is that, like... It wouldn't just be Sardior and Extended Draconian Psionics. It would be the application of Extended Draconian Psionics in the uh, postmodern, uh, you know, oh my God. Kyber Giant Society. <laughs> you know? You're exactly right, and I hate it. I know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I dropped out of college, and I know I'm right. I would not have dropped out of fantasy college, though. 
So. I probably still would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably would have to. So, uh, we're going to get started with what was originally supposed to be the whole... And can I just say, it's actually a cry and shame, in my opinion, that there is not more about Sardior and his cohorts. Because I think they all sound very interesting, and I feel like there's a lot of missed potential. Yeah. I will be pointing out a lot. I am... I mean, I, we haven't even gotten into it, but I am a little sad that you had to start with... There wasn't that much information because I was very excited. Yeah. Same. Imagine how I felt researching. So. (laughs) Yep. So Sardior is the god of the gem dragons or the neutral dragons. Uh, And he was introduced alongside the five types that I talked about in the last episode in the article. That's not in the monster manual. From Dragon Magazine, issue 37, written by Arthur W. (laughs) Collins. Oh, I forgot about that. That's not in the Monster Manual. I love that. That's such a good title. title. Um, It is a good title. It has the exclamation mark and everything in there, too. So it's like a, like the article is always a quote. It's so funny. So uh, he also featured prominently in various articles from the series The Mind's Eye, which was a collection of articles for 3.5 focusing on psionics. Okay. Which these are all published on the Wizards of the Coast website from 2003 to 2004. Um, Some of the Mind's Eye articles may have been outside of that time frame, but that's the time frame that all the ones I'm pulling from are from. Because there were like a ton of them, and only a few of them concerned things we're going to talk about today. One of these days... One of these days I'll do a psionics episode. I mean, we're kind of like working our way towards doing psionics as we do this. Yeah. You know, I think I'm just going to do it one of these times. Do it. Do it. Do it. Anthony did say that they were not as scary as we originally thought. Still don't know if I believe it, but. I mean, I'm easily startled, scared, so maybe. So uh, most of the information uh, about him directly uh, from in 3.5 is from the article The Legend of Sardi R from the Mind's Eye, which is written by Scott Brosius, Brocius, Bro- Bro- Brocephus, and Mark A. Gendra, which Mark A. Gendra. They um wrote I think all the ones I'm gonna be pulling from. So I they probably wrote most of them. <laughs> right. So this Information about Sardior is going to be pulling from kind of both of those, and I'll discuss differences where they exist. Okay. So, Sardior in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons is a giant, ruddy-colored red dragon who makes his home in a floating castle called the Ruby Palace. And it's worth noting that red is just describing his coloration. He's not a red dragon. He's the dragon who is red. Right, okay. Dragon first language, guys. I'm kidding. I I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Um... We're not going to get into that. We've gone down that path. We're not going to get into that. Yeah, no. Um, so, and also the the fact that his palace is named the Ruby Palace comes from his Blood Wars card. <laughs> nice. Which is fun. He was a Blood Wars playing card. Um, hmm. And he moves the Ruby Palace. So, and it is high, it's high up in the atmosphere. Right. So he moves it so that it always stays in the Earth's shadow. And when sighted, it's said to resemble an unusual red star. <laughs> hmm. That sounds exhausting, though, moving your palace constantly. Yeah, it really does. I mean... Like, I know he's a god, but that still just sounds so exhausting. He's he's very... He's extra. 
It sounds like, like it, yeah. Not, like, uh, and this isn't necessarily in the text, and he is a dragon, mm-hmm. but he's kind of extra. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> fair. Fair. Uh, he's described as a stay-at-home type of god. <laughs> so while all the gem dragons revere him and honor him, he typically doesn't have much involvement in their day-to-day lives. Right. <laughs> because, you know. He's a stay-at-home He's a dad. stay-at-home. He's a stay-at-home god. <laughs> That's beautiful. He's a stay-at-home dad. That all he does is just push his palace around. This guy. <laughs> and throw parties. Um, though he's described as ruddy in appearance, he's also described as having handsome features and being a fantastic, witty conversationalist. Oh, boy. So he's very charming. Does does he tell dad jokes? I hope he does. I hope so, too. I it's hope- my head canon. if not. He tells dad jokes. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Sardador. Oh, my God. Not another one. Sardadior. Sardadior, because it's with the eye. I don't know. I've, some of the art of him... Actually, the art of him's not very daddy, so... Um, in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, uh, he could use the shrieking breath weapon of Amethyst Dragons, which was a banshee shriek, essentially, mm-hmm. and the dazzling cone of light of the Crystal Dragons. So he had two different breath weapons, because fuck you. He's a god. He can do it. Yeah, wants. he can do whatever the yeah. fuck he wants. Yeah. Shriek and make beautiful crystal colors. That blind you and hurt you. Yay. Yay. Let's just ignore that part. It's fine. They're pretty while you can see. Yes. So in 3.5, more information is given about him as well as his warship. He was conspicuously absent from the Monstrous Manual. And also everything after 3.5. Rest <laughs> in peace, Sardior. Poor, poor Sardior. Poor, poor Sardior and poor, poor Gem Dragons. Um, he is, this in 3.5, he is described as having ascended to his position as a lesser deity. Mm-hmm. No context is given for... Okay. For that, for that, for that. So that bombshell. The, so, it, uh, and there's uh, nothing. There's nothing ever given about his origins. Of course so, not. Why would you why? do that? Why would? So it's not clear if he is an aspect. Well, and uh, again, with t- the the origins of Tiamat and Bahamut is also unclear. But in an in a Dungeons and Dragons unclear kind of way. Like, here's what some people say, here's what other people say. Okay. It's shrouded in mystery. Uh, like, obviously, because we talked about that in the Tiamat episode. Right. That some schools of thought are that they came from Io's body when he was killed by the Primordials. Some, you know, people say that they are actually, like, his actual children. Yeah. There's nothing like that for Sardior. So it's unclear if he maybe is... That there's nothing, nothing. There's nothing. They there's just, literally nothing about his origins. They just left it like just blank. It's just a it's just, blank page. He's he's a lesser god, and he likes to party. Good to know. So I mean, anyway, he's here. He's here. There, I guess he has a palace and he has a castle in the sky, and he <sighs> likes to party. That's that's that. Castle in the sky with dragons. Ah. <gasps> Nice. Nice. Dream. Dream life. Um, So his appearance is no longer described as ruddy, instead as sinewy with deep red scales and a playful glimmer in his eyes. Okay, can I just say... um, Stop describing your stuff as sinewy. Sinewy. was... A lot better imagery than sinewy. Sinewy. Yeah. Well, he's got. He's like a. He's he's a long boy. 
He's like a he's got like a serp a more serpentine. Right, body but shape. why did you have to go with sinewy? Yeah, stop it! Know. You're bad. You know it. <laughs> or like in the last one, undulate. Ugh, undulate. Undulate was the worst. <laughs> I'm well. Listen, yeah. this was uh, Scott Brosius and Mark A. Ginger's words, not mine. So talk to them about it. You know what you've done. <laughs> you know what you did. Uh, he has a portfolio of neutral dragons, knight, scions, and psychic warriors. Okay. And domains mm. in knowledge, trickery, and scaly kind, which that last one is only in the Forgotten Realms, because I guess that's only a domain in the Forgotten Realms. Also scaly worth note- Scaly kind? Scaly kind. So like dragons, lizard folk. Yeah, I just- the Never heard that, them described that way. The fact that that is a mm-hmm. domain just kind of caught me off guard. I know the, the modern verbiage is usually scalies, but most of them prefer scaly kind. Oh so. my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so stupid. I'm done with you. Also, it's worth noting that apparently I didn't, like, I'm sorry, I didn't look this up, but apparently Ed Greenwood tweeted and said that Sardiar is worshipped in the Forgotten Realms, but gave no context about that. So Sardiar is also worshipped in the Forgotten Realms, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Because it's it's worth noting that this is where Sardiar is, is exclusively in this collection of articles. Right. Like, he's not in... Anyway. Huh. He doesn't appear in any of the, like, Mm-mm. books or monster manuals or Mm-mm. deity pantheon I don't believe. I don't believe so. That's so very strange. But the, the source that I saw given was Ed Greenwood's Twitter. <laughs> so that's funny. I don't know. Any Anytime, like... The sources at someone's Twitter. Yeah, like like public figures, which it also says something about me that I think of Ed Greenwood as a public figure. <laughs> like, the fact that public figures have Twitters, like, it just, it makes me laugh, but also makes me want to die. Like, the Pope has a Twitter, and that makes me want to die. The, wait, the it, Pope actually has a Twitter? At yeah. Pontifex. <laughs> Does he use it regularly? I, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> so that anyway. news to me. <laughs> So anyway, um, he maintains his hands-off approach as a deity, mm-hmm. and while he, obviously, because of that, does not require much from his followers, they consider him to be an example to strive toward. So he's not a commanding type of god. He's a lead-by-example type of god, which I gotta say is pretty good. Yeah. Like, that's the way I think you should do it. I- <laughs> I mean, I agree. I'm with it. I, I'm totally okay with that. Um, his followers comprise all type of people and dragons of neutral alignment, though his temples are few and far between. Mm. Uh, they tend to be in high places with clear views of the night sky. I don't know why exactly it's so special to him, but he likes the night. Uh, well, I it's mean, one of his portfolio. Like in that's his when you would see his uh, palace. True. So maybe they just chose temples to see the night sky. Yeah. Maybe. So his his dogma is one that is very strongly in support of learning. Um, I didn't write this quote down, uh, but the, I believe the quote provided was, quote, the more you know, the better you uh, the better off you are, end quote, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. Uh, however, th- this I don't. Mm, Mm-hmm. You'll see what I mean in a second. Um, however, he isn't into learning just for the sake of learning and knowledge. Quote, 
The trick for Sardior is to get someone else to read the book, then tell him about it. End quote. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Which I don't... That doesn't really vibe well with his whole knowledge thing. Which I, like, I, I, I get for that as, like, a personality trait of his, but... That, I mean, but yeah, that doesn't really mix I, well yeah. with the knowledge aspect, like I, I said, so... I see yeah. that as, like, for his, his personality, but I don't know exactly how that gels with the rest of his dogma, but, yeah. you know, whatever. So, the clergy of his temples, who uh, embellish themselves in jewels and jewelry, of course... Naturally. Um, ...are considered sages on various subjects and are often set out for their knowledge, which they give... For a price, which ah, is how yes. they fund the temple, keep it going. Right, right. Um, the higher-ranking members of his temples are also popular at parties because they're great <laughs> conversationalists. Oh, like yeah, of course. Sardior. There's nothing else going on. <laughs> they're, I mean, Sorry. listen, Sardior loves to I mean, converse. I, I, you know. Um, also, just side note real quick. I looked up the Twitter oh, no. of... Uh, the confirmation Pope? the Pope or Ed Greenwood Ed Greenwood the confirmation <laughs> that Sardior is in the realms mm-hmm. it is literally a thread of three tweets <sighs> one was someone by the name of John Gomez tweeted him and said just for completeness sake do you know if Sardior is worshipped as a god in the realms Ed Greenwood responded yes I do and yes he is with a winky face oh. and John Gomez replied Thanks. Well, okay. The winky face is all the context that we needed. Yes. That 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 that's all that that's all we got. <laughs> Thank you, Ed Greenwood. Ed Greenwood. I don't know if you listen to us, but if you do, can you like talk about Sardior some more? Yeah. Can you like give us more information about Sardior? Please, just like write a little something up. Just just a me. little something something. My birthday was a few weeks ago. <laughs> God. I'm sorry, Ed Greenwood. Uh, also, uh, on his the high-ranking members of his clergy, um, they also appear to have no interest in politics, meaning some people are more comfortable sharing secrets with them. Ooh. I, I like that, that that sentence, it actually kind of left it up to interpretation. Yeah, me too. Because it's like, do they do something nefarious with it? We don't know, but they could. They have the ability to. Mm-hmm. But if they actually do, well, we just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his clergy tend to be welcome everywhere, um, but a small subset of them called the Ruby Disciples trained to be the martial arm of okay. the clergy. So they're kind of the, like... They don't they don't tend to come in conflict with other people very much, but it's like they do have that kind of martial right um aspect to the church there. The church there. Um so in 3.5 uh his he gets another breath weapon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he oh. has 3. Okay, he needs to stop. Um but they're they're different. Um basically they are a line of force, a line of light and a cone of fire, I believe. So it's just your basic, okay, you know, force, radiant, yeah. fire damage. It's right. fine. Okay. So I mean, three breath weapons is still a lot. It's, yeah, that's ex- that's bordering on excessive. I mean, really, I feel like two is bordering on excessive. <laughs> yeah, three is just excessive. Tiamat's just, uh, Tiamat's just over there with her five. Like, yeah, but at least Tiamat has you know the five, heads. Five heads. Yeah. 
Oh, we'll we'll talk about dragons with more than one head later. Oh, um, so <laughs> here's where he, he really gets broken. Oh, um, he knows all yeah. psionic powers, which makes sense, and can create new ones as he desires. Bitch, and has the ability to transform any gem dragon into one of his thanes. Those are his his cohorts, his buddies, as Jesus. I've been referring to them. Um, these thanes apparently represent different parts of his personality. Nothing about their personalities is ever given. Naturally. And he has a constant mental link with them unless he chooses to block it. So. (sighs) (sighs) Okay, there is a lot of... um, There's a lot going on there, eh? Yeah. And a lot of open-ended questions, but okay. Yeah, so now we're going to talk about his Thanes. Okay. Okay, so just go into the Thanes because that's all we got on him. Yes. Well, kind of. That's right. the core information about Sabiar. Right. So, the Thanes each is a type of dragon that we talked about last time. So, all of the Thanes are advanced dragons, which is the highest age category. Mm-hmm. Um, they have advanced psionic powers, naturally. Yeah. Uh, these are traits common to all of them. Uh, advanced psionic powers, blind sight... Of, I believe, up to 420 feet, which is nice. Um, Damn. Frightful presences and the ability to pass freely between the prime and the inner planes. <laughs> um, I mean, okay. Why not? The last two, okay, I can kind of see. I mean, they're thanes of this dragon Of god. this god, yeah. They're like Bahamut's exarchs, you know? Still yeah. just like a little out there, but all right. We'll let that slip through the planes. You'll, you'll, <laughs> nice, Thank nice. You. Okay, you'll, you'll accept it. And these guys are all, I believe, CR twenty seven, twenty eight, or twenty nine. So they're big boys. They're, they're and girls. Ooh, the big boys. The, the big boys and girls. So uh, the first I'm going to talk about is Hrodel. Uh Hrodel is a female crystal dragon with a primary psionic discipline of telepathy, which is the same as other crystal dragons. They're yeah. just the same. That's all about her. Oh, well, that was quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Good job, everyone. Yeah, we did it. Job done. <laughs> <laughs> so next we have Smargad, uh, who is a male emerald dragon with a prior, prior, primary psionic discipline of clairsentience. Um, I was trying to find something about their names to mm-hmm. see if maybe that gave something about their personality. Uh, his name is very close to the word smar- smaragd, S-M-A-R-A-G-D, and I triple, triple checked that I was not misreading his name. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is very close to that, and that is an archaic word for emerald or green gemstone. Okay. So it's basically like they looked at that word, smaragd, I think it's pronounced, and just like did a little anagram. <laughs> just kind of rearranged a few things and yeah. called it good. Um. So next we have Charisma, which is, that was where I got the idea that maybe their name, like the key to yeah. something about their personality was in their names. Uh, Charisma is a female sapphire dragon with a primary psionic discipline of psychoportation and the ability to climb up walls per the spider climb spell. Remember, sapphire dragons live in like caves and shit. Right. And they like to eat spiders. <laughs> right. But I mean, also they're dragons. So like... Was that particular addition really necessary? I mean, they have, they, they're clumsy flyers because they're so big. So it might be better to just climb up a wall. 
Oh, okay. You know what? Yeah, fuck yeah, it. That, that's fair. Fuck it. Drag it on the ceiling. <laughs> uh, that's just a... Or like a fucking thought. hereditary moment. Anyway. Oh, God, don't. Oh, God. Nope. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Um, so then we have Tithonas, I think would be how his name is pronounced. Um, and he is a male topaz dragon with a primary psionic discipline of psychometabolism and the ability to breathe underwater. Because they're the ones that live nice. by the sea. Nice. Um, so finally, uh, the final of the current Thanes is... Uh, uh, Take your uh-huh. time. I, I, I believe in you. Alethelithos. Okay. That, mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, yep. Um, he is a male amethyst dragon... Uh, his main psionic discipline is that of psychokinesis. In addition to that, he can use the abilities amethyst telekinesis, which these are available to amethyst dragons of that very advanced age category, like I was talking about. Um, but I realized I didn't talk about them last time. Um, he can use the ability amethyst telekinesis. Uh, once per day, he can lift a creature up to 10 tons. And hurl it to inflict up to 25d6 for the largest age category. So that's um, a lot of... (laughs) 10 tons is a lot. Yeah, you don't say? (laughs) Yeah, now I'm just going to have to, like, (laughs) convert this because I just need to know. uh, 20,000 pounds, I believe. I don't know how to spell. Uh, About, yeah. And that would be what? Like 12, Uh, 12,000 kilograms? I don't know how to do kilograms. I'm sorry to our people who don't use the imperial system. We're dumb Americans. Um, and uh, explosive gem, which is the exploding shrapnel, purple lozenge, not cough drop, that was the right. breath weapon for amethyst dragons from Advanced Dungeons of the Dragon Second Edition. Hmm. Um, so, and 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 when I mentioned earlier that. Uh, Sardior has the ability to transform any gem dragon into one of his thanes. It it literally they they take on the personality and characteristic oh. of this person. So it's not to say that you know Hrodel is his current crystal dragon thane. Like the that that Hrodel has always been the crystal dragon thane and will always be because Sardior literally basically transforms them in body and soul to another person which is crazy yeah 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 and yeah he can do that because psionics and also fuck you like i was just thinking like okay if he chooses a different thing it becomes a different person nope no that he physically transforms them into the this same person what the hell oh also uh, nine thousand seventy one point eight kilograms. Oh, thank Damn. you. Damn. Okay. Yeah. No, this because it's like two point two. I think. Yeah. Pounds in a kilogram. Like I don't know. I'm bad at math. I just use Google. I mean, fair. So, um, I, <laughs> I immediately was the attention was drawn to the fact that I was struggling to say this person's name, this dragon's name, um, but I said final of the current. Thanes. Right. Yeah, I I caught the current part. Yeah, so there used to be a sixth. Okay. Did he eat them? Oh. I'll tell you. 
Oh, damn oh. it. After we take a break. Damn it. God, you suck sometimes. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Thank you for checking out our Sardior Mostly episode. Sardior Mostly. Sardior Mostly. Sardior Mostly and some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I hope you're enjoying the slight hodgepodge so far. I am. Um, Same. Because I am enjoying having an affiliate partnership with Metallic oh, Dice Games, what which, a, we, which we still have. What a transition. Yeah, I, I went it. to the Sam Regal school of... Um, <laughs> but we have a affiliate code with Metallic Dice Games. You can use code Dungeonpedia for 10% off your entire order. They have dice. They have more kinds of dice. They have dice cases, dice trays, dice more, towers, more kinds of dice, so many kinds of dice, pointy dice, if you want to live dangerously, dice with stuff in them for your snack times. No, no, but no. they got a lot of cool stuff. And mm. if you want any of that cool stuff, don't eat it and use code Dungeonpedia for 10% off. Yeah. Also, uh, this is a very- drum roll, please. Oh, this is so exciting. We're doing a giveaway. Yay. Of- yes. Uh, a set of metallic-, metallic dice games exclusive, exclusive dice. Yes, exclusive. Can't get these anywhere else. And a surprise. Ooh. What is the surprise? It's You'll a have- surprise. It's a surprise. You'll have to enter to find out. Yes. You can do so by going to our Twitter at Dungeonpedia, where we have a pinned tweet ta- talking about the giveaway. Uh, you can like it and retweet it, and they will each count as an entry. Yeah, but one entry. Don't only, spam your followers. Only twice. Please do not spam your followers. But yeah. if you're interested in this giveaway, please go to our Twitter. It's going to be pinned. It's right there on the top. You can't miss it. It'll be pictures of shiny, pretty, metallic dice, exclusive dice. Yes. yes. And uh, like it, share it, enter in. And I think we're going to be running it for roughly two weeks. Yeah. yeah, we'll have we'll have details in the yeah, post. The yeah. details will be more in the post. This is just a time. Time is hard. <laughs> yeah, this is just a very quick. Uh, we're having it. Yay! And, and you know, it is to celebrate the affiliate partnership that we have. So yeah, go so there, check it out. All the details will be in that post itself, and you can enter go enter there. there. Yeah. But, of course, uh, we do still have our Patreon if you'd like to support us more directly. It's just Dungeonpedia. You can search it and find it. It'll be there. Always has been. Well, (laughs) not always. (laughs) With our weird can't find us through a search issue we had. Oh, God. Remember that? Several months back. Uh, Yeah. But uh, go to the Patreon if you want to and support us there. We would appreciate it. Still working on uh, getting all of our sessions together we had a big old rush on our actual play podcast projectile dysfunction but it is still coming i promise that it has not changed the reason i have not given a date yet is because i don't want to be wrong about it <laughs> yep. yep uh on top of all that and everything else is going on our work lives are just a little hectic as well as we're transitioning through various phases <laughs> of dealing with <laughs> the pandemic but Eh. We're getting there. We appreciate your patience. I appreciate you guys so much. Yes. But you can uh, go and follow us on our Twitter and Instagram, which is at Dungeonpedia, which now is the uh, best time to do so if you haven't followed us because, um, well, we have have the giveaway. giveaway. Yeah. (laughs) 
Or if you haven't just checked out our Twitter in general, go there. And even if you don't follow us, really, you can like it and retweet it and you're still entered. So, yeah, there you go. But you can follow us there for other various bits of information and random thoughts and what have you. As well as our Instagram. As well as our Instagram. Um, you can also email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com if you have any suggestions for topics or questions or want to talk. You know. It, it's all good. Yeah, just email us and we'll you, see it. If you want to explain psionics to me. <laughs> you can subscribe to us wherever you can subscribe to any podcast because that's how podcasts work. Uh, so on any app of your choice and you will get notifications of new episodes whenever they go live. On some apps, they also allow you to rate and review us, which we would oh so appreciate so much. And the thing we appreciate the most is, of course, spreading the word. Yes. Tell your friends. friends. Tell your family. Lewin is looking at our giveaway dice right now. <laughs> They're really pretty. They are. I'm shining my phone pretty. flash on them. Tell your friends and family about our giveaway dice. Maybe they'll <laughs> want to listen to our podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a uh, big old thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith, continues to be our intro and outro and is just fantastic. I can hear it in my head. Yes. Yes. Hear those pipes going. With that, back to the podcast. Yes, more sardiors. <laughs> Sardiard. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. You can't just do that to us. Okay. Um. Well, hold on. Oh my god. Okay. So, uh, there is somebody that I have to introduce into this picture. His name is Blithen Paxson Tadravos. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we're just going to shorten that to Dravos. Dravos. I did it. Good job. I'm proud of you. I didn't practice that. I'm not going to even attempt it. But um, Now referred to only as Blithen. <laughs> they knew. They Blithen. knew. Blithen. They knew that that was, that was something. And they, they were looked like, at that and they're like, okay, even we have trouble pronouncing that. They were so. like, we need to give them something they can actually yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. So Blithen was a three-headed gem dragon, um, and this abnormality is what drew Sardior to him initially, um, and he brought Blithen to his court where he began to act as a keeper of knowledge for Sardior. So he was a very powerful dragon in his own right. Um, eventually, Sardior confided in Blithen that he wanted to create a thane to represent each type of gem dragon, and also all the things that would mean about you know, the mind link right. and all that stuff. Um, and Blithen, I guess, it it wasn't it didn't explicitly state the reason why he wanted Sardior to more or less only rely on him. Maybe he was jealous. Right. Maybe he was power hungry. I it did not say, but more or less he didn't think this was a good idea, and he basically wanted Sardior to turn back to him and to achieve this. Blithen corrupted one of the Thanes through unknown means in basically the hopes that this dragon would fail and cause Sardior to scrap that idea and then immediate, like, you know, go back to relying on Blithen. Right. But, um, I mean, obviously, that didn't quite work the way he had planned. No, it, uh, it backfired. Um, because while Sardior destroyed this Thane... Um, he discovered Blithen's deception and banished him. 
So Blythen kind of got depressed and he languished around the astral plane for a while. Like you do. As you do when you get depressed. Um, <laughs> and then eventually was reawakened by a surge of energy from Sardior poking around the demiplane of ectoplasm. The, what? The what now? The demiplane of ectoplasm. What? What? Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, okay. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, <laughs> okay. So now he has teamed up with this other powerful scion to try to figure out what's going on. And I guess he's plotting <laughs> something oh, yeah? now. Because, uh, I mean. Of course he is. Does that, does that surprise you? That's, Not that, even a that's bit. how dragons do be. They do be that way. Um, so, in his time as a keeper of knowledge at Sardior's side, he developed a special psionic power called Blithen's Calling, which Sardior would later repurpose to Sardior's Calling. Right. Um, this allowed the user to teleport a gem dragon to their side in exchange for compensation. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you literally like summon them and then pay them. Um, if the user knew the name of a specific dragon, they could call it, and that dragon would be summoned. But otherwise, it literally pulled a random gem dragon. And the type is dependent on, like, a roll against a table. So, the dragon could be one of the three types of Blithen's heads. Crystal, mm-hmm. emerald, or obsidian. Obsidian? Obsidian. Ooh. Okay, I like that. Also, like, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you just, like, use the psionic power, and this gem dragon was, like, eating their dinner, and they just get they teleported just appear, to the, like, Dude, what the fuck? The side of this random adventurer is in trouble, and they're like, I'll pay you after. <laughs> then they just waste their enemies, and they're like, okay, listen, I was really in the middle of something important. So, like... This is going to cost you a lot of money. Pay me and send me back. Wait. <laughs> it made no mention of being able to send the dragon back. Oh, oh no. I and I believe they are... I believe they might be teleported Oh, back. man. I hope so. I hope if so. If not, then that's even more I, I a think, dick move. I think that's how it works. I hope so. I think that's how it works. Oh, my. Oh, that would be even worse. I'd be so mad. Oh, yeah. Was called upon by adventurer friends 45 minutes earlier than expected. Was a bit inconvenient as I was balls deep in the wife at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly uh, what meme you're referencing. You knew exactly where I was going, too. Oh, my oh, God. Man. So, uh, ectoplasm. Ectoplasm. We're Following t- that. Yeah, we're going to talk about gooey stuff now. Uh, um, mm. So, the, I just want you guys to know that the name of this subsection is ectoplasm and stuff. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> ectoplasm and stuff. So the demiplane of ectoplasm is a dome-shaped pocket dimension within the astral plane. So there's dead people and goo. Um, Good. It's separated into three sections. So the most central section is a jagged mountainous region with an active volcano in the center that's constantly ravaged by earthquakes, uh, severe storms, yada yada. It's also worth noting that everything... In the demiplane of ectoplasm is made of either ectoplasm or minerals. There's no, like... It's not like trees and... Yeah, there's no real living matter there. So, like, you can't eat anything on the plane of ectoplasm because it's not made out of 
So what is even the point to the plane of ectoplasm? You'll see. Okay. Uh, um, so the second ring is a relatively stable forested area with fake trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and the outermost part is an ectoplasmic swamp with similar extreme storms to the central part. Just imagine that. <laughs> An ectoplasmic swamp. That, that sounds awful, but kind of cool, though. At the same time, I kind of want to touch it. Me too. I, I want to know what ectoplasm feels like. It probably feels like Instagram slime. What is Instagram slime? <laughs> it's just pretty slime. Yeah, like I a, mean that that's all that's what it's, it is. It's it's just that there's a, a a meme genre of like oddly satisfying videos on Instagram and a lot of them are slime. Yeah. It's fun to watch people touch it and huh. to watch it like jiggle around and it's sparkly. I've made some slime in my time. I have too. I just didn't know that that was a thing on Instagram. Okay. Well, you learn this, something new every day. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. We learned about dragons and Instagram and slime and slime. <laughs> Um, so the entire landscape, as I mentioned, is made up of ectoplasm and metals. And mm-hmm. the only source of light is from the ectoplasm that happens to be bioluminescent. Right. Um, Which also sounds really fucking cool. Right. Yeah. So it's like, the, but the sky is like an eternal night sky. Um, so the reason this is important to what we're talking about mm-hmm. Is because ectoplasm, and there's a lot of cool stuff on the plane of ectoplasm, Um, but this is important because ectoplasm is what is used in the new to third edition metacreativity discipline of psionics. Yeah. So, which is what I mentioned, is what replaced metapsionics. Oh, right, right, right. So when a shaper, which is a scion who specializes in metacreativity, uses a psionic power... It pulls ectoplasm from the demiplane of ectoplasm to shape into anything from a simple piece of cloth to a whole new demiplane. Jesus. Well, so it's essentially the goopy stuff that you make new Uh, things from. Including a whole new demiplane. Yeah. 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 So So it's it's, literally the primordial gunk. Yeah, literally. I okay. Um, I still want to touch it, but oh yeah, no. I mean, you you can probably touch it. Probably. probably some of it, maybe not. Some of it, maybe you don't want to touch, but a lot of it, I think you can touch. Um. So this <laughs> we we keep moving like through things. It's like this is this, and this is important to this. So meta creativity is the primary discipline of ectoplasmic dragons. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Again, like yeah. audio medium here, but yeah. we're both making a, a My, face. Yeah, yeah, our faces were confused, and honestly, I don't even know what the other emotion I just tried to convey with my face was. But I don't either. But okay, um, ectoplasmic dragons. Yeah. So um, the the thing that I mentioned earlier when I was talking about Bliven, the aforementioned uh, energy burst was uh from sardior meddling around in the demiplane of ectoplasm um it never said specifically what he was trying to accomplish but however much of it was an accident uh what happened was the ectoplasmic dragons they are pretty rare to see in the world because they are just starting to 
hatch and leave the what is said this uh hatchery in the demi plane <laughs> in any number so it didn't say this explicitly but my guess based on context is that Sardior wanted to fuck around and make some new dragons yeah out of goo and then he did yep i'll say it sounds just about that about that yeah, yeah. he was like hmm ectoplasm eh, we'll see if we can make dragons and it worked. And then he did. <laughs> and he made ectoplasmic dragons. Um, Yeah, so uh, ectoplasmic dragons have no scales. Cool. They are born milky white with sheens of pale blue and silver that overtake them as they age, uh, which leaves the adult ectoplasmic dragons looking like mirrors with translucent wings. This That's is badass. There is no art of them that I could find. <gasps> no! Which is fucking criminal, can I just say. <sighs> and there's also no art of the Thanes. That is criminal. And there's so little about them. And that's probably why that there's no art for them, which I'm not giving is like, you know, the greatest excuse. It's just like, come on, guys. Yeah, it's fucking criminal. <laughs> this is such a cool idea. <laughs> it, 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 it'll be okay. So, uh, once Mm -hmm. ectoplasmic dragons leave their nest, they tend to settle elsewhere in the astral plane or in the prime. Um, They have a breath weapon of white fire, uh, which is a blob of raw ectoplasm that explodes on contact. I... Right? Uh Not about that. (laughs) They also can activate a white fire aura, which is giving me flashbacks to fourth edition, or... Flash forwards, I guess. Um, <laughs> where basically they coat themselves in an ectoplasm that damages attackers that make contact. Okay. So it's very much, you know. Yeah. It was what it says on the tin. It's an aura. <laughs> Ectoplasmic dragons are described as erratic, which is in line with their always chaotic neutral alignment. So even though they're not, they're not gem dragons, they do fall in line with that pattern of being neutral. Right. association with Sardior. Um, An encounter can go a number of ways depending on the dragon's mood. From a lively conversation to the party being attacked simply, quote, because someone was wearing pink, end quote. So ectoplasmic dragons are temperamental little bitches? They're, um... They're certainly something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't like mean girls. (laughs) Only on Wednesdays, though. (laughs) on wednesdays we wear pink okay (laughs) i've seen mean girls but it has been so long i thought you haven't seen mean girls no i've seen it i just it's been a long time 10 fucking years or some shit it's been a long time so (sighs) i remember nothing about it other than the clips i've seen on the memes yeah the memes um, so, uh, ectoplasmic dragons are fun. Yeah, no, I, I mean, definitely that. Mm-hmm. And also definitely one that I feel in kind of is in line with the original, that's not in the monster manual spirit. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't even look like a lot of other dragons. So it, if you saw one of those in the prime material plane, you would be like, what the fuck? And then it would open <laughs> its mouth. Is and, that? And then it would open its mouth and spit ectoplasm at you and be like, that's not in the monster manual. Just like freeze frame, <laughs> like, wait, 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 that's not in the monster manual. I bet you're wondering how I ended up in this situation. <laughs> Legitimately, yes. <gasps> I uh, would very much be wondering how the fuck someone ended up in that situation. 
So, um, metacreativity is also the main discipline of the obsidian dragons. So, the final of Sardior's thanes was Cerides, a female obsidian dragon. Okay. Obsidian dragons, including uh, Cerides, have a fire affinity, so they are either completely immune or resistant to fire damage and weak to cold damage. Um, her breath weapon was a cone of fire, which I gotta say, good on her. Very simple. Yeah. Very yeah. classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not weird. Fall, fallen in line, it's not like she's shooting out, like, shards of obsidian glass or yeah, something. Nothing, yeah, nothing, and not broken. Just... Oh, yeah, no, most importantly, not broken. Not broken. <laughs> <laughs> not, not disintegrates people. <laughs> um, and her... High-level metacreative ability has allowed her to create whole demiplanes, as I mentioned earlier, or store her consciousness in a gemstone. Hell yeah. That's just a phylactery, uh, <laughs> right? Like, Yeah, that's kind of just a phylactery. Well, okay, I mean... I mean, not, not exactly. Because phylacteries just hold, like, a life... Essence. Oh yeah, true. Whereas not a not this a consciousness. Is her literal consciousness inside this gemstone. This is like a oh what's it uh, what's it called? Um I don't know. Um um magic jar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, this is like a high oh, level yeah. a very high uh, advanced magic jar situation. So yeah. she just possesses the ability to do that? Yeah, I I guess. Huh. <laughs> okay. Still pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, also, by the way, the ability to create a demiplane is called Genesis. Nice. Which is... Hell yeah. A name for it. Um, so she was destroyed by Sardior. Um, um, she was the one who was destroyed. After being corrupted by... Blithen. Um, so, interestingly, earlier articles, such as the Legend of Sardior that I mentioned earlier, um, claimed that this was for unknown reasons. Um, and mm-hmm. later... In Blithens, it claims that he corrupted her, again, through unknown means. Um, so they kind of gave a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. But they didn't. I feel like there could have been, like, a, a story there. <laughs> there yeah, I, it, like, because all I can think is, like, God, I want to know the story. But exactly. I feel like there could have been a really cool, kind of like the story of, um, um, oh, what was Lolth's original name? Uh. Arashni. Arashni, yeah. Like, I feel like it could have been a story. It would have given me uh, big vibes of, like, Arashni and Karelin and everybody. Yeah. Yeah, but... But they were just kind of like, eh. eh. I wonder if they just, like, dropped a lot of it because they were like, these aren't going to gain that much popularity and they just kind of, like, stopped and... I mean, I don't know why they wrote, like, 57 of them then. (laughs) (laughs) If they were going to do that. I don't know. Like, I mean, I... There was a lot of cool stuff in these articles, and I'm sure there's a lot more uh, specifically about psionics that don't have to do with dragons. Well, yeah. Did not read, but at the same time, it feels like I'm finding, I have found a lot of areas in these that contain a lot of missed opportunities. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I get that. We've stumbled upon that quite a bit. Yeah, and I know, like, not everyone would be as interested in the, you know, court drama and intrigue of a dragon god story is me, but, like, some people would. I mean... I mean, it's Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and, you know, our whole viewer base is 
people who would people enjoy court would... drama yeah. of dragons. Yeah, not even gonna front on that one. Yeah, and it and it really, man, and it it really does bother me that that nothing is given about any of their personalities. Yeah, and especially in the case of the one who really sticks out, which is Saradas, because she's the one that had that that was involved in that conflict with Sardior. Yeah, that there's nothing about her personality. Yeah, like, that, that that bothers me too. That bugs me. So after Saradus was destroyed by Sardior, um, the other Obsidian dragons were either banished from Sardior's court or withdrew themselves, depending on which article you read. Some of them are the kind of thing where one claims one thing and the other claims another, and then some of them are like, it's unclear which one of these actually happened. Right. Um, I mean, it could be either. I could see them getting really pissed off and leaving because their god killed their thane. Yeah. <laughs> or right. I could see I could see Sardior just um kind of just coming down on the obsidian dragons for no particular reason. Yeah, just to try to kind of like um I think Corellin did with the the sun elves. It's kind of just like to over something to, like to just find blame to put somewhere. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and like prove a point. Just... Or kind of like what he did with the drow, where all the drow were kind of blamed, even though it was kind of just just like one to a few, a few. Yeah, yeah. yeah now I so I could see either. Um, it's also debated whether or not they were banished for their evil natures, or if they became evil due to these events. <laughs> Well, good job, everybody. I feel like it would make more sense that they just became evil due to these events, but I could see either way, really. Yeah, Um, because again, there's not, there was not a lot that was put into any of these stories before the actual hammer came down. Right. So there's not much about maybe if Sardior had any history before he became a god or what life was like for Saradas and the Obsidian Dragons in Sardior's court. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like we just don't have we don't... the information to Exactly. Which missed opportunities, guys. <laughs> so uh Obsidian Dragons are neutral evil dragons with black skin and razor edge scales that deepen and blend together as they age. Beautiful. I know. They they, uh, yeah. they sound gorgeous. They really I, do. I th- there might have been art of obsidian dragons. I, I don't so. know. Um, so they are the most intelligent of the gem dragons, but also the most cruel, uh, loving to toy with their prey before finishing it. They also, um, the other gem dragons uh, did not, they didn't understand Sardior's decision to banish the obsidian dragons and destroy Saradus, but they kind of went along with it. So there's a lot of animosity between gem dragons and obsidian dragons. Okay. Um, so encounters with them usually <laughs> end go. in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> it goes south very quickly. Just rivalry there. So in, in <laughs> on the yeah, on the toying with their prey route, um, a favorite move of theirs is to teleport their prey into a hostile location for oh the finishing blow. God. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is so that's so extra also. <laughs> that like that's such a dick move. Cuz if uh, cuz uh, of course remember these dragons also have psionic powers. Right. Yeah. They can just teleport you into another dimension. 
Hey, uh, you know what? At least you're gonna get to see something you've never seen before. Yeah, like right. before, you, before die you die violently. <laughs> yeah, like a giant volcano that's on fire. Like even more fire. Listen, there's no good way to die, but I disagree. That I mean, like, oh, that's cool, and then dead. Like, I mean, at least you have a decent uh, final memory. Mm. <laughs> I said decent. Do you though? Do you though? Uh, I mean, also let let. I don't know how long it takes to burn to death. Depends on the heat of the fire. <laughs> Depends on where you are, I suppose. Uh, um, you too. So, so like Sarah does, they have a breath weapon of fire and a weakness to cold. Um, and many great worms have uh, access to the same level of metacreative powers that Sarah does did. So many of them create their own pocket dimensions to live in. <laughs> That's cool. Which is Hell fucking awesome. Yes. Just, you know, don't like your apartment? Take some ectoplasm, make a new one. God, I wish I could make my own pocket dimension. Right. Same. <sighs> Maybe I should do a psionics episode just to teach everybody how to do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I wish. Um, otherwise, they tend to reside near volcanoes or in the plane of fire, which is why I mentioned volcanoes. So they literally will teleport someone like right above a volcano. Oh, my is- God. <laughs> Just drop. Just throw them in the volcano. And in that case, it would be pretty much instantaneous death. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, good. I could, I could be. Oh, I don't. I wouldn't like falling like that though, because I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> Just teleport the, me so I'm like already in the lava. The falling part would suck. Yeah, but like the death would be damn near instantaneous. Mm, I will tell you, lava. It would be better than dehydrating to death. <laughs> yeah, like the fucking topaz dragons. Yeah, what the fuck, Topaz Dragons? Yeah, what was, calm down. what was up with that Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2nd Edition Topaz Dragons? I'm gonna fucking dehydrate you like a piece of human beef jerky. Yeah, human jerky. Delicious. Yep, so that's extended Draconian Psionics. <laughs> or Draconic Psionics. Draconic. Oh, wait, no. That, that just sounds like I'm saying, never mind. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Okay, then. I won't worry about it. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm sorry this one's a bit a little shorter. Um, it's okay. Because by the, by the time that I had researched enough about Sardior and realized that this was not necessarily going to be able to comprise a full episode, like, I didn't want to leave it alone because I wanted to talk about some of the things that I thought were cool right. about all that stuff. And there's also some, some other things to do with Sardior. Like... He has these golems that he made to guard his palace that are just statues of ruby dragons that operate like golems from uh, Jewish folklore, Mm -hmm. where they, like, follow, um, which I don't know a lot about golems from Jewish folklore, but where they basically follow instructions to a T, and they take it very literally. Oh my god, yes. But they're essentially animated statues of Sardior, which is crazy. (laughs) Uh, that is pretty awesome. And there was also this evil variety of psionic drake that was created in the plane of ectoplasm by the negative energy that was released when Sardiar destroyed Cerades. Um, But it's basically just that. They're just evil psionic drakes that don't shoot ectoplasm at you. Kind of falling in line with everything else where there's just not a lot of information. and it's just like, there's so so much missed opportunities, I feel like. Like, I feel like and I know that they, by the time Psionics was in 3rd edition and 
a lot of it had essentially been adapted in a way that just made it feel like a slightly different type of magic. Right. And I know that they had trouble, have had trouble integrating it into later editions, but I feel like it's such a shame that there's this really cool character with this cool kind of dogma and religion and, and these things and stuff surrounding him that was presented that I think would have been very cool if it was elevated all the way with Tiamat and Bahamut. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't get elevated to anything. The yeah. proper position where it should have, honestly. Yeah, because I, I feel like it, like, I get it. Yeah. But at the same, like, I, I and I get, like, Tiamat and Bahamut are iconic. But I do think that they could have, have had this neutral... It, it would have been to, an interesting triad. Yeah, and where did he come from? <laughs> like, you know, we don't know. Tiamat was That's the, the problem. Was the one half of Io, and you know, Bahamut was the other half. Was was Sardi or like his his like just a random scale or his I, I, or something? I was gonna say the elemental chaos. Oh yeah, that too. But like. But like there, I don't know chaos, wouldn't they be chaotic rather than neutral? Oh right. Well Yeah. Maybe. It's fine. Yeah. The the I elemental forgot that not all neutral <laughs> things are chaotic. The the elemental <laughs> neutral. The oh elemental yeah, also neutral. I didn't mention this earlier. Sardior's alignment is true neutral. I mean Which I mean makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I didn't mention it. I just kind of assumed so. But yeah, just I like I, I and I hate to be so like persistently negative on something that isn't fourth edition, but I just do feel like there was a lot of missed opportunities here, and it makes me sad. Who wants I'm to sorry. come? Who wants to come join my cult of Sardior? <laughs> I will. In okay. this case, I don't think it's so much as like negativity. It's just frustration and sadness mm-hmm. that there's not more information. Yeah, yeah. I definitely get that. Too. Anyway, I'm starting a cult of Sardior. Um, meet me on Zoom at uh, 4 a.m. <laughs> Because that's when I'm awake. So that is when we are awake. Yeah, and that is the optimum time. To worship Sardior? Because he has a portfolio of night. So meet me on Zoom at four in the morning. <laughs> Make sure you have your rubies on your altar. And we'll just talk about stuff. Because that's what they do, apparently. They just so anyway. talk. <laughs> well, that's their thing, is conversation. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Even thank though you. it was... Uh, not as much information as we were hoping, yeah. but that's not from lack of research. That's lack of <laughs> material. It happens. Bring back Sardior. Bring back <clears throat> Psionics. I want to do chemistry while I play D&D. Well, they are trying to bring back Psionics, so give it time. I want it now. Uh, don't forget to follow us on all of our various social media platforms. You know, we plug those in the... In the break there. Yeah, so that way we can arrange our Zoom call. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, spread the word. Tell your friends. Uh, if you have anything to suggest, uh, you can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are probably going to do psionics at some point here soon. Yeah. I'm not volu- I'm not doing it. I have too much on my plate right now. <laughs> nope, that's Lewin. You've already got this far into psionics. It's all you. <sighs> okay. It's all you, buddy. But either way, thank you once again for listening, and we will catch you next week with something exciting here on Dungeonpedia. Okay.
I'm just saying, I'm sad that the obsidian dragons will end up being the bad ones. I'm just sad. I mean, does that surprise you? No. Well, no, but... So think about how our, 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 our narratives view light and dark and night and stuff, of course. Boo. It's played. 